You're listening to the newest episode of Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life, with your host, Kim Olver. This is Kim, and welcome to the 82nd episode of Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life. If you liked today's episode, be sure to leave me a review on iTunes and share this podcast with your friends on social media. Just don't forget to tag me at the Relationship Center on Facebook and Instagram. Today I have a special guest, Cheryl Plouffe, here to talk about the importance of video for your coaching business. Cheryl is a video strategist, former Canadian TV broadcaster, and the creator of Cash In On Camera. She has produced thousands of videos and has broadcast over 200,000 hours of live television. Cheryl owns a video coaching and virtual video production company that serves clients globally. So welcome, Cheryl. I'm really glad that you're here and able to have this conversation with me. Thanks Thanks. so much, Kim. Great to be here. I'm, I'm excited to chat about this. Awesome. I know that you like to help people grow their business. I know that's something that you do. And and a lot of times it's coaches who you're working with. And this podcast is definitely for coaches. So I hope that you'll be able to speak to some of the things that they might be interested in. So um, you were in television, weren't you? You want to say a little bit more about that, what you were doing there? Yeah. I mean, I spent 25 years in broadcast television and 17 of those were on the national stage, but I have done a variety of different things in media as well. So I've done a few commercials. I've done some corporate videos, you know, voiceover work. I worked in radio for a little bit. I was a news manager of a 17 person department here in Canada for some time. I've taught college. (laughs) It's just a variety of things that I've done. And what I really like to do is to bring in the best practices from the TV industry, from the broadcasting and media industry into what I do. That's what I think is maybe perhaps a little bit unique or a differentiator for me, at least, is because I'm looking at things like, okay, what are the systems we've used in broadcasting that could apply to a coach who's building their business today? And that permeates not only the things that I offer to help people, but also in my teaching. Uh, Mm -hmm. So all of my content and things, it's always going to through that lens, even though it may not always be apparent, but it's always running through the back of my mind. Terrific. So what are some of the things that you learned from your time with television that helps you in the work that you do today? The thing that I learned is that television broadcasting is actually not that different from the entrepreneurial space. And so if we think about broadcasting, when I was employed by a media company to be their brand ambassador, to be their communicator, to be their on-air personality, what was I charged to do? Well, I was charged to create content. So I went to the studio every day and I created content. We create something from nothing. And then what do we do? Well, we get on and we broadcast that. We share that with an audience. And through certain techniques and tools and and tactics, we want to have that audience come back to us multiple times. In the case of the Weather Network, it was multiple times per day for their forecast or their weather. And so there's a strategy around getting people to come back and know, like, and trust you. And then when you have an audience, you're able to monetize that. In the broadcasting industry, it's typically through advertising or sponsorships in other ways. But when we think about the entrepreneurial space, it's really kind of the same thing right? If you want to be seen, if you want to be visible and you want to grow your business, you're going to probably have to be creating some form of content because that's the economy. That's the world that we live in now. Things have changed. So create content, 
broadcast that, have that be seen, build an audience, and then monetize it in the way that you see fit. If you're a coach, that could be through booking strategy calls and getting on the phone with people to see whether or not there's a fit for the work that you do. But the parallel to my way of thinking is pretty much there. That's interesting how the parallel works and how you're able to use your prior experience to work in the space that you're in now. I just love that. There's always connections that we bring with us from our past, aren't there? Yes, I think so. So what is the most common issue you see when working with a client on their videos? I think I need to listen to this show (laughs) because my video is not my strong suit. So I'd love to hear what you have to say about that. I think there are a few areas, you know, time is definitely an issue and we all have the same 24 hours in a day. And when you're growing a business, especially if you are a solopreneur or maybe have a small team, you have to be very efficient with your time. So I think time is one of the things that people struggle with. And one of the things that I like to do is rather than helping people or suggesting that people write scripts, I actually am more about doing away with scripts. The knowledge is already there. You wouldn't have started a business if you didn't have some sense of expertise or knowledge, you know, or insight or wisdom to begin with. What's happening is that you just don't have the confidence to speak about that in a way that doesn't require a script. A script, in my opinion, is kind of a crutch in many cases. I'm more about helping people to speak. And that cuts down on a lot of the time that people struggle with scripts and trying to make things more complicated than they need to be confidence is one of the things too, especially women don't like the way they look, don't like the way they sound on camera. And so they shy away from this medium because of their, I'm going to say it, vanity. (laughs) Coaches especially are typically into coaching because they want to help people. And so when I see that, I say, let's take the emphasis off of you and how you look and what you sound like. And let's worry more about your message. Let's worry more about the impact that you're actually on this earth to make through your coaching. And let's put the emphasis on them instead of you. But those are some of the things that I see a lot happening. People are not doing what they should do because they're afraid of, you know, what people will think or say based on their looks or their sound, or, you know, some people don't like the sound of their own voice. So it's really a confidence issue more than anything, but then I think the time. And one other thing is technology. Often I see people who are really getting so deep into, I have to have all these fancy things. I got to have the five point lighting system and the teleprompter and the, all these things before they ever just start speaking about their area of expertise. And you don't need to have all of that to get started. Yeah, I think that's true. One of the things that I think is a problem that I personally have, maybe you give me a pointer on, I I would imagine some of my other listeners might struggle with this as well, but I'm a speaker. So not having scripts is not a big issue for me. I can talk off the top of my head anytime about the topics that I know. I feel very strong in my area of expertise. The challenge I have is Talking to a camera is very different than talking to an audience. And I'm such an extrovert. And as an extrovert, you know, I get my energy from the people around me. And when I'm talking to a camera, there's no people. So I tend to sound like I'm boring. And that's not the way that I normally communicate. So I wonder what you might say to someone like me. It's the same thing as when I was a TV broadcaster. I'd be in a big green room by myself with robotic cameras And I had to broadcast a message to hundreds of thousands of people at the same time through that little camera. 
And what do you do? Well, you have to not think of it as a little camera. You have to trick your mind to think of it. Even though you want to be speaking to one person, you want to bring the level of energy that you would if you were in front of a crowd of, it doesn't have to be hundreds of thousands of people, but think in your mind, if there were 250 people in front of me right now, how would I have to project my voice? How would I stand? What would my physicality be? bringing that type of energy. But I think it's really more about tricking your own mind to thinking of it that way. It's almost like visualizing the audience, even yeah, though I think so. it is weird. It's unnatural to speak to an inanimate object. Yes. That little lens is a little inanimate <laughs> object. It's weird. It There's nothing natural me. about that. Yeah. So what can you do? I think you have to trick your mind to thinking of it, not as a little lens, but thinking of it as in personifying it. Sometimes people will personify the lens as one singular person. Like when I was a broadcaster, I might think of my husband or think of my mom as I was relaying a story or explaining something. I like that idea. I'm going to give that a try and I'll shoot you an email and let you know how I do. I just got an assignment from my marketing group about shooting a less than a one minute video. So I'll give that a shot. And that kind of leads into my next question. What would you recommend for coaches? Should they do their own video work or should they hire out professionally and get it done by a pro? I'm a strategy first person. So that's why I call myself a video strategist because it does start at that strategic level. And that's why conversation is the best place to start to look at what is best for you because every business is different. Every person is different. It will depend on a lot of different factors in terms of what plan we would put together, what kind of strategy we would put together based on your message, who you're trying to reach, where you're trying to reach them. Do you have a team? Don't you have a team? What kind of technology might you have if you have any at all? What kind of time frames? You know, all kinds of factors come into play to putting together a plan. But I think that it's really about starting from the strategic perspective and saying, okay, let's dial into those fundamentals. I have a 4P framework that I follow. So it's plan, produce, publish, and promote. And it has to go in that order. It's a chronological order, but it has to start at the planning phase. And under the planning phase, that's where we really start to dive into some of the fundamentals in order to figure out what we're going to do. I think it's really about looking at it from that perspective, Kim. I love that 4P plan because I know when somebody says to me, oh, you need a video on X, I'll just set up a tripod and just talk to an inanimate object about whatever it is that I'm going to talk about. And it's a long way from being polished. And I think maybe the polish comes from the four Ps and I need to plan and I don't always do that. And here's the thing. You don't necessarily have to have a super polished video anymore for it to really be effective. That's how it used to be, right? It used to be that if your video wasn't really like a corporate fancy schmancy video, it wasn't going to do what it's supposed to do today, though, it's really more about authenticity and conversational and approachable and realistic. That's why selfie videos do so well, because they're not perfect, especially now in the post COVID world, which is when we're recording this episode is that. People are craving that. They're craving reality. They're real reality. They're really striving for something authentic and real. They don't want the polished perfection of the Photoshopped influencer-ish type things that we've seen so much of over the last decade. When it comes to outsourcing too, it can be smart to outsource certain parts of it. Here's the part you can't outsource. You can't outsource the part where you speak about your expertise. 
Right. So no one else can do that speaking. So if I'm an entrepreneur, I would focus on speaking, do that part because no one else can do that for you. But are there other parts of the equation adding lower thirds? If let's say the strategy was to create a YouTube channel, there's a lot going on with YouTube channels. There's a lot of post-production that needs to happen. So if your strategy is to do recorded videos, yeah, you might want to outsource that, but the speaking part has to be done by you versus if the strategy was we're going to create a campaign, a video campaign, say, for example, a lead nurturing email campaign. And we do a service where we interview people on Zoom and can create those campaigns within 30 days. If we were to do a campaign for email, well, that's a totally different thing, depending on your skill set or depending on your team. It might be that we teach your team a few little steps that they can take and then take those videos and put them in an email sequence. So it's really dependent on a lot of different factors, but I think for the most part, there are probably going to be some places where outsourcing is the smartest way. You can't outsource your own speaking though. Right. I know a lot of coaches, I've trained a lot of coaches, and I know that many of them, especially in the beginning of their careers, are big do-it-yourself people. They don't have a lot of money and they're working on a shoestring budget and they're just trying to get some information out there. So it's good to know that doing it yourself is okay, but there are things as you get bigger, as people start to work with you that you may want to outsource. And just listening to you talk about the strategy and the different things to consider, I know that most of the coaches that I know, including myself, wouldn't know to think about those things. I'm old enough that I remember watching Kevin Costner in A Field of Dreams, and I am a firm believer because I believe the movie, if you build it, they will come. And it's been now almost 20 years that I've been coaching, and I'm very much aware now, after struggling for 15 years or more, that sometimes tapping into the expertise of others is a really good thing to do to move your business forward. But I am very empathic and compassionate for those just starting out too, because they may not be able to do that. And I get that. Well, here's, here's what I would say, you know, listen, I think we've all been at that place at the earliest stages of our business where we're bootstrapping and where we're, like you said, we're kind of in that DIY. Maybe you're in the initial stages of really figuring out your message and those fundamentals. And maybe you're just doing like your proof of concept. It's your first client. Like you're in the earliest stages. The thing that I would say, if you're watching this and that resonates with you and that's who you are live stream, would you please? go out there and do live video because live video is free. It's available on all the platforms. Now there are tools that you can use to make your live streaming life easier. But if you're not there yet, you can open the app on your phone and you can talk about and speak about your area of expertise. You can do that. You might have to get over some fear, nerves, inhibition, apprehension. Okay. But those are surmountable. You can get over those things. You just have to start doing it, but really it's about belief. It's believing in your message enough that you're willing to go through those painful parts so that you can get to the end result, which is to make the impact that you're meant to make. But live streaming far and away would be my suggestion. That is so, so true. What you just said. I like to have my coaches get in touch with their reason. I have a writer's group as well. So with my writers, they want to write a book. 
and I ask them, why do you want to write a book? And if they tell me it's on their bucket list, that's not a good enough reason. I need to know why and who are you trying to reach with this book and what effect do you want to have? So that on those days when you don't feel like writing, you can remember the reason. Why am I doing this? And then it's a big reason bigger than yourself. And I think that's what you're saying. You have to get over yourself to be able to push your content out in a video form to your audience. So Because it's going to get hard. Yeah. <laughs> like this is the thing that I find interesting about video is it is going to probably get hard. There are going to be stumbling blocks. There are going to be parts and places where you go, I don't want to, uh, you have to have the stronger why. And it's funny, I was just running this morning. I was thinking about, I think about this when I'm running, but I was thinking about the why and how my why or anyone's why doesn't even have to be told. You don't even have to tell anyone necessarily what your why is. And I was thinking about that, you know, why is sort of become uh, very marketable, I suppose. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that the why of why you're doing your business needs to necessarily be broadcast to your coach or to your mentors or publicly. You can keep your why to yourself right? You can, as long as you have one and it has to be strong and it has to be able to pull you through those times when it's likely going to get rough. Right. So do you have specific advice for people who don't like the way they look or sound on camera? How would you help them? I think it's really, how do you present yourself on a good day, right? It's more about being yourself than anything else. When I was a broadcaster, I felt pressure to look a certain way, but frankly, they had every right to tell me how I should look and how I should dress and what kind of hairstyle and, and things like that, because I was being employed by them to be their brand ambassador. So I understood that relationship. The nice thing about us now is that we can be, we're our own boss. So we don't have to have someone who has to approve our outfits and doesn't allow us to change our hair without breaking a contract, right? So you can do whatever you want to do. But I think it's it's really about letting all of that go. One of the things I like to tell people is, how would you dress if you were going to go to, say, have coffee at Starbucks with a group of girlfriends you haven't seen in a while? How would you dress? Oh, you know what? You might put a little gloss on. I don't know. You might... I'd do something with your head. I don't know. Maybe you wouldn't. Do you show up at Starbucks in sweatpants? Well, maybe that's who you are. That's perfectly fine. I would rather have people be authentic to themselves than to try to live up to some expectation, imaginary expectation of what people expect of you to look like. You should be the broadcaster of your own enterprise and you get to control now what that looks like. Today, I did a couple of curls in the front. <laughs> I put a little bit of something on my face. Sometimes I don't because I don't feel like it. And that's authentic to me, Kim. I've done videos where I'm out and about, and there's not a stitch of makeup on, but I feel comfortable doing that because that's authentic to who I am. So it's really more about doing that. Right. I'm with you on that. I'm not a makeup wearer. So it's nice to feel that it's okay to not have to fix yourself up in an unnatural way for you. Absolutely. I like it's that. like, let's say if you're a, you're a yoga instructor. Chances are pretty high that your natural day-to-day -day being is not going to be all made up with fake lashes and the, and the right. whole, chances are pretty high. So it's inauthentic, in my opinion, to then doll yourself up to the point where you're so dolled up that you don't even look like yourself. And that's not even really how you would normally conduct yourself in real life. 
if it feels right for you and you want to put on lashes and you want to do all that, but it's something that's authentic to how you would normally behave in real life, then do it. I like that. You've mentioned a lot of social media ways and YouTube about posting videos there. Other than that, where else could videos be used? Social media is obviously the big one because we have, you know, billions of monthly active users on all these platforms and chances are pretty high. Your ideal clients are on one or maybe multiple of these platforms. So social media is the majority of what people would want to create videos for anyway. But I think one of the areas that I'm really, very interested in helping people to understand better is not the one to many approach, but the one to one approach. When you create videos on social media, that's kind of a one-to-many approach. Many people can view and watch that content, but there's something to be said for that one-to-one approach. So for example, I like to help people with, let's say, campaigns on how to nurture an existing audience member. That might be through one-to-one video email or sending text messages using the functionality in your Facebook app or your Instagram or wherever, utilizing maybe not even just the video, but also even the audio functions in those messaging tools to stand out and to really, instead of just doing the text, which is typically what we see, why not use some of these other multimedia formats to stand out amongst all the other noise that's happening inside of their phones? So I think email, text message are great places to nurture your audience. I'm starting to use a platform called Bonjoro, which I love, love, love. And it allows me to send videos by email so easily. But that's a great way to get higher conversions and to really help yourself. Cool. I didn't know about that Bonjoro. I'll have to check that out. I have all of these resources on my website at CherylPluff.com. I have a resources tab and in there are all the links to all the things I use Camtasia and Bonjoro and Kajabi and all these different things. Some of them are affiliate links and some of them are not. It's just all of the things that I use and that I've experimented over the years with multiple things. Like I really feel like I'm a crash test dummy of video marketing because I've tried so many things. And these are the things that I've landed on as my favorites. So I like to put them in one place so that people can see the things. And it's very transparent about what I like to utilize. Very nice. So I want to give you an opportunity if there's anything I haven't asked you that you would like to share with the audience before we close this, I'd like to give you that opportunity now. Well, thank you. One of the things that I think about a lot and I think coaches think about a lot is what is the return on my investment of doing these videos? What am I going to get out of it? Will this work? Is it going to work? And I was looking up some statistics and I wanted to share this with your audience because I thought it was very interesting. If we think about the ROI of video in general, like for business, for entrepreneurs, for coaches in 2015, which was not that long ago in 2015, 33% of businesses said that they were getting a positive return on investment of video. Okay. Pretty good. Right. In 2015, 33% said yes. That number today in 2021, which is when we're recording this is at 87%. Wow. Right. So what does that tell us? (laughs) It tells us that, and this is something I've been saying for years, video is no longer a nice to have video is here to stay. And if you want to remain relevant in the new landscape, especially now post COVID, If you want to stay relevant, video is not negotiable. Like it has to be part 
To what degree we can debate and argue about how much of it needs to be, but I believe every business would benefit and benefits from having video as part of their strategy to some degree. Businesses using video as a marketing tool has increased from 61% to 86% since 2016. Mm. So it's like we're hockey sticking, right? Like we're gonna, and, and so we have to keep these things in mind. For those who are still on the fence, we're like, I don't know, seems like a lot of work. It's overwhelming. It's intimidating. Those are the things that we are feel dedicated to helping banish forever is how can we make it easy? So like we use interviewing process to make that easy on clients so that they don't just come in. I ask questions, they answer, and then the rest of it's done for them. So it's really about figuring out what are the tools available to me so that I can actually take part in the way that the world actually works today. That is great, great input. Thank you so much. Um, I think the message is pretty clear. If you're a coach out there, you want to get some video going so that your clients can really get to know who you are and see the value that you add and be able to highlight your expertise in a way that many people are looking for in video. Really, Cheryl, thank you so much. And I will be sure to put your website address in the show notes. Is there any other way you'd like people to contact you if they're interested in following up? I'm on social media everywhere at Cheryl Pluff. I'm one direct message away. You can definitely contact me and say, hey, I heard you on Kim's podcast and I heard you mention this. I'd be open to having a conversation if there's a fit to talking about video and figuring out the strategic part of this first before we ever start making the videos It has to start with a conversation around what's the strategy? Why? Why make these videos so that we know what kind of videos to make? So that's kind of where it always starts. My website's a great place. Social media, you can send me a DM. You can also just email me, Cheryl at CherylPluff.com anytime. Okay, great. Thank you so much for your time today. I know my audience is going to get a lot out of this podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast and please remember to leave a review and share with your connections on social media. I hope you'll join me next week when I'll be changing topics to parenting and interviewing Sue Kranz, a wonderful parenting columnist, trainer, and coach. I'm looking forward to it. Talk with you then. This has been another thought-provoking episode of Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life. To listen to past episodes, please visit our website at www.therelationshipcenter.biz forward slash podcast and remember to subscribe.